Hello, and welcome back to America's number one podcast, <laughs> and the world's actually now. The world's biggest um, podcast. Biggest podcast, um, who wears the thong? <laughs> okay. Who, okay, if you were to put money on it, who's wearing a thong right now? Mira Not Ali. me, probably you. <laughs> I would put you over me. I'm still in my little granny panties uh, stage of postpartum. And we love that. I love. We love a granny panty queen. And it's funny because before babies, should I, I mean, I never wore underwear. I was team no underwear, just ne- not my thing. Like why, why wear them? Um, but, you know, after you have babies, you, you got to get into underwear. Things just, and it's weird because I didn't vaginally give birth. But still, things just happen down there, you know? So. Ooh, drainage. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Well, if you think about it, like gravity's. Yep. I mean, okay. Um, I don't think they needed to know that. But uh, yeah, so granny panties are for the win. Um, are you wearing underwear right now? Wouldn't you like to know? I always thought it was weird you never wore boxers. Like, so, is that a thing? Is there guys that are boxers and then guys that are just little whitey tighties? Because you're in so, the whitey tighties group. Let's tackle it. So, I used to wear in. Oh my God! And I'm they're still, still getting calls. They're still calling <laughs> anyway, you. From my employer before COVID, when I got fired, I'm still getting calls. That's wild. I was. She sounded stressed. All I heard was um was uh, some sort of investment acquisition uh, acquisition. You should have been like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what can I invest yeah. in? Probably. Oh my God! That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know. <laughs> like, hi, T. Um, sorry about that anyway. Um, we'll have to cut out because I can't have her voice legally. But we can have the, the me answering. Yeah, yeah, we'll cut But there. we just can't have her voice le- for legalities. Anyway. Um, so let's go back to oh, whitey tighties uh, or tighties. boxers. So when I was in middle school, um, elementary school, I wore like the Spider-Man whitey tighties, you know, and all the fun ones you buy at Walmart or Target. Yeah soiled the crap out of them mainly just threw them away okay um i had a pooping problem it's not a big deal we've talked about it before yeah. um don't give him chocolate He'll then his pants. in middle school um i got into the boxer thing and the fad was to wear plaid boxers everyone had plaid american Green eagle plaid. or hollister what was the uh honestly i don't know it was generic probably and then abercrombie if, yeah and then if you got fancy some of the cool people had silk boxers so that was like the cool thing to have silk oh. um and I, I went through that stage and then um, I think actually through high school, I wore like the loose boxers and then into my college days, I wanted something a little more snug, keep everything in position. You know, everything was growing. So I just wanted to keep it together. But you also wore leggings as pants. Like yeah, you, there was like no way tight. you could put boxers underneath Correct, because it'd be all scrunched. So, um, so now I wear what are called boxer briefs oh. um, and it's the trunk. They're called trunks. Um, so they're actually like a high waist. I'd show you right now, but I don't want to get taken down, um, for indecent exposure or anything like that. So they're a nice high bevel, um, very soft and a nice waistband, very comfy. That's, it's funny cause you get them in white and then they turn kind of yellowy. So that's when we know <laughs> it's time to throw them away. I don't though. I've had these forever. They're really nice, expensive, I'm just joking. um, expensive underwear, but the I've Cal- had them for aren't years. Aren't they the Calvin Klein ones? Calvin Klein, um... Do you think they're my favorite? Yeah, I guess there's people out there that are like grown, like your age, grown men wearing boxers. Like that's hundred percent. Is that a thing? Hundred percent. I just don't. I don't know because I've never seen you wear boxers ever. We've yeah, been together I can't eight do it. years. I don't like it loose there, except when I go to bed. I sleep naked. Yeah, we we yeah. know that. Oh my god, and can we talk about that? Okay, so Josh sleeps naked, and I'm like anti-naked. I think that's 
I think it's gross. I'm just like, why? Like, just put a pair of pants on. And just I can put- tell you, there are studies out there. I'm not going <laughs> to cite anything. Uh, if you want to do your own research, uh, we can look into that. But us as humans are made to sleep in the birthday suit. Um, it regulates our temperatures at night. Um, and also, it doesn't overheat our private parts, which can damage offspring potential. Okay, well, um, coming from the guy who we just changed our sheets and our bedding got a new bed, and when you flip the bed over, you go, ooh, a little pee stain. <laughs> so I, you must... <laughs> there is a thing in uh, another. I'm not going to cite any studies, but I think my issue is I don't think I have anything underlining. I pee a lot at night because I chug water right before bed. Yeah, but... If you had underwear on or pants on, we might not have had a little pee stain on the bed. This is probably true, <laughs> but I just flipped the mattress the other way whenever <laughs> I changed this and now it's on your side. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no. So Josh sleeps naked and then Jagger obviously gets up through the night and Josh is the one that gets him. And I just, I just see this <laughs> naked body with a child in front of me every night. And I'm just like... Why? And then I'm nervous because our camera, when you go down to Benham, you see it on the camera. What if someone hacks into our camera? What? Great. You're going to have a bunch of videos <laughs> of me with my, you know, whatever. If you want to look at that, go for it. I mean, I don't gosh, know. I just, it could I, fetch a pretty price on OnlyFans. It's, I bet. it's funny because I open my eyes and I'm just, it's just in front of me. It's just yeah. there. With yeah, a, it's just, a, just a generic male part. I mean, doesn't look like any other, you know, I know. bigger than the, the usual <laughs> one, but you know, nothing else, nothing else to it. Um, you know, just the normal, <laughs> the normal phallite, 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 phallus. Like, what about a robe? What if I got you a robe that you could just put a robe on? I like being naked. I know you do. I love it. I, I'm actually, I walk around the house naked a lot. I know you do. Which and- I, need, I cover up now because we have small humans around the house but i i like or at least my shirt off i like to just be guys okay you i hope this doesn't get taken out but i'll let you decide i'll tell the story and then let you decide if you want to leave it in you probably want to leave it in because you're you're a weirdo but um josh was outside he goes when we go out it was a sunny day mm. just a couple of days ago we go i look outside he's got his shirt off and he's in his little whitey tighties i'm like okay the whatever briefs. that's him his briefs we are we are not we don't have neighbors like that um, we have one, it's his cousin, so <laughs> she never looks over. Um, but she can't see, like our, our porch you can't see. So I'm like, okay, he's out there and his little whitey tighties. Back porch, soaking in the sun. Deck, actually. And then the I get a call from my parents like, hey, we're pulling in your driveway. Can we, because I asked him to get me something, can we drop this off right now? And I was like, yeah, sure. He said, we're home. I look over, this man, this 33-year-old man is sitting like, I don't even know how to explain it. He's, I hope you're watching this. He's on the deck like this on the chair, completely butt naked, tanning his bum hole because he said, what do you say it gives? It's sunning. It's called something. Um, and my parents walk through the door and I'm like, Josh, I hurry up and I, I try to distract them and tell Josh, like, get your pants on. Like you're outside tanning your, your, your butt, like, whole like no why well i'm not like I'm, again uh i don't want to cite any studies <laughs> oh but uh do some research uh uh tan in the dark hole and, oh my god um, it a lot of benefits uh if you think about it 
sunlight if you if you have a cat you have a dog oh any type God, of animal in the house if there's sunlight coming in the house they find that spot and they land the sun is healing it has healing properties i truly believe that every time i've gone in the sun i just feel wonderful but and i just absorb your butthole doesn't need it it does because <laughs> that's the only part think of that it's like a dark sad cave and it needs light and when you give that light eternally because we are all human beings and we might have to look up this term the way we're burn burn the way we're burned the way we're born we start with our bum hole we we are that type if we want to look up what you're, you're saying as in the womb you mean, us human beings we, we develop from a bum hole and it's <laughs> a type of uh can we look that up uh how uh a fetus man, mammals that develop from the from a anus is the yes there's a term where we are that type there's other animals that share that type of all right, so I just I just searched do humans develop in the womb from the butthole, and <laughs> and the first thing is the mouth and anus are not connected in the development of the embryo as early thought. Animals often form either the mouth or the anus first, which is called blast blastopore. Blast but dutro is the one we are humans. Oh, which came first, the butt or the mouth? <laughs> du deuterostome. Stome, stomus. I don't know how to say it. All right. Fun fact. This is just from Quora. Uh, Q-U-A, Q-U-O-R-A online. Fun fact. It says humans are, I don't know how to say it. De Deuterostomes. Is that the right? I have no, you're talking Which means the that brain. they, that when they develop in the womb, the anus forms before any other opening, which basically <laughs> means at one point you were nothing but an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that was good some was people good. never develop Wait, beyond the stage wanna, i don't know if it's i'm gonna make that, that a tiktok that's amazing so, that's great um there's other stuff in here maybe we'll look more into this so and if you have saying, more information on this we'd love to know they're just saying the butthole came first then i guess before or, your mouth because your only hole. other opening your only other hole right well i guess your other private part yep the belly button is kind of a hole technically no that's where the umbilical cord is but a hole your nostrils holes oh wow Ears. Wow, because we have a lot of Pores. holes. Okay, you're going extreme. I'm thinking just like hole, like big holes. <laughs> I actually have that too. Tetraphobia or uh, uh, trichotophobia. Learn what holes, it's called it? first. Trichta. I have no idea. Trichotophobia. That was in an episode of, of American Horror Story. I freak. Like if I see stuff like that, maybe there's something correlating. Okay, I think my, I my... think that leads us into this this episode. That's okay. kind of what I want to get into. So. Um, I put on my stories. I do my let's chat with me. And I had a million people ask. No, really? <laughs> no, I have like two people. But I thought it was great because I want to touch on it. They, um, we've, we've talked about your anxiety a lot. And I think we should keep talking about it. And I think, you know, um, it helps a lot of people. But we really didn't go into um, depth of your biggest. Specific phobias. Phobia. Um, and the biggest one that's been the most challenging for our relationship and for me to understand and that is um the fear of flying and like i said we we've talked about anxiety overall but i really want to dive deep into the the fear of flying because i think it's way more common than we are aware or know because a lot of people um that we've talked to said they've had it and mm -hmm. even just a couple of the dms i got they're like i i do the same thing or my partner doesn't understand my fear how are you guys dealing with that because when then i when i said you had the phobia and you had this fear a lot of the next questions were like well how do you deal with that 
Like, how do you deal with not traveling? How do you deal with not flying and going places? And I, that was a, we had a lot of big fights early on in the beginning because I didn't understand. So I think we should just dive, dive deep into it. So you want to do that? Yep, let's fly into it. Today's episode is brought to you by Stamps. When every person, moment, and penny counts in your business, you can't afford to take any of them for granted. Stamps.com gets it because for the last 25 years, they've been helping businesses like yours save time and money. So you can focus on your business knowing Stamps.com has all your postage needs covered with premium discounts and great rates. With Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and printer. They even send you a free scale, so you'll have everything you need to get started. If you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your stamps.com dashboard. And if you sell products online, stamps.com seamlessly connects you with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Running a business isn't cheap, especially when it comes to fulfilling orders for your customers. But luckily with stamps.com, it has huge carrier discounts up to 85% off USPS and UPS rates. Plus stamps.com automatically tells you your cheapest and fasting shipping options. For 25 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to USPS and UPS services you need right from your computer at any time, day or night. No lines, no traffic, and no waiting. So set your business up for success when you get started today with Stamps.com. Sign up with our promo code Herberts for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale, no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page and enter our code Herberts. That's H-E-R-B-E-R-T-S at stamps.com. Now let's get back to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Aloe Moves. You guys know I'm a couple weeks postpartum and I'm ready to get back into it. I'm cleared, but gyms and equipment, they're overwhelming. They scare me. I've never been the person to be able to just like walk into a gym and know what to do, but now I don't have to worry about that with Aloe Moves. Aloe Moves is a streaming on-demand wellness platform that features yoga practices, fitness routines, meditation sessions, and so much more from one of my favorite brands, Aloe Yoga. All their quality studio style classes inspire me to take care of my whole being, my body, my mind, my spirit, so that I can go into the world and do what I do best, and that is being a mom so I can focus, and it just gives me that time to myself. We all need that. So um, they've got something for everyone from beginner to advanced, yoga to bar, Pilates, cardio, hit classes. They also have relaxing guiding meditations, sound bath, and breath work. Um, there's more than just fitness to Alamoves. Moves. You have to check out their dry brushing, their face yoga, their nutrition classes and so much more. And the best part is you need little to no equipment. That is my favorite part. So with Aloe Moves, there's tons of fresh content with over 100 new classes added every month, plus over 3,000 classes every level, beginner to advanced. I love how Aloe Moves fits into my schedule. All classes are on demand. When I'm short on time, I can fit a meditation or a fitness class in whenever I need to squeeze it in. I love how Aloe Moves fits into my schedule. All classes are on demand. So when I'm short on time, they have meditation, they have fitness classes, all for when I need to squeeze in that workout. And it's not just me that loves Aloe Moves. It was voted best wellness app of 2022 in Style Magazine and best yoga app of 2023 by Wellness Health. For a limited time, Aloe Moves is offering our listeners a free 30-day trial plus, get this, 
50% off an annual membership, but you can only get it by going to allomoves.com and use our code HERBERTS in all caps. That's allo, A-L-O, moves.com in all caps code HERBERTS, H-E-R-B-E-R-T-S, to get a free 30-day trial plus 50% off an annual membership. Allomoves.com with our code HERBERTS in all caps. Now let's get back to the show. All right, Josh Herbert. So uh, we know you are one of a kind. You tan your your bum hole. You wear. I try to. You try. You wear whitey tighties. No briefs. Briefs, and you have a phobia. I, I yeah, I can't even say fear because I feel like people don't even understand the extent. So I hope you don't. Do you take offense when I say phobia, or do no. you think that's better than saying fear? I don't know. But I, I think they're all one and the same. I, but I think mine's. Like yours More is like, fear. that's it's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. So I, I don't know what would be the next term. I guess phobia. Phobia of, yeah. of flying. Severe phobia. And um, other little things like elevators mm-hmm. and things like that. But we can touch into that. But I think. Caves. Okay, well, we don't go to caves much. Deep so. sea diving. <laughs> we don't go diving. I think a majority of people. Submarines. <laughs> okay, we don't I'm go. I'm just to, trying to, you know. Yeah. So things that you're enclosed in and can't get out Caskets. of. Caskets. Okay, well, I hope you're not in one of those. Yeah. Some um, people do that for fun at haunted houses. <laughs> okay. You ever hear that? When you have a phobia of haunted houses too, that's haunted my. Houses. I miss going to Kennywood yeah. fright nights. I don't. I don't really have a phobia <laughs> of haunted houses. I just like dislike them. No, you won't go. Remember, we were in L.A. We we were in I L.A. Went to that one, the zombie thing. That was the haunted mansion. No ride. No, it was zombies. It was a haunted walkthrough with zombies. I went with you at Disney. That's like Terrifying. the haunted mansion. Walking Dead thing. Remember? Oh, that's a Walking Dead ride. It's a ride. It's I didn't not... ride anything. I walked through. Yeah, that's it's an attraction. Rode my feet. It was a, an attraction. An attraction. <laughs> you for literally who? were like this Who's the whole way looking that? at every exit. Well, I know legally they have to have exits at every so feet for safety so for fire. Code. We we so. were in L.A. literally during Halloween. We lived right next to Universal. What's it? What do they? It's not called Fright Night there, is it? I don't know. Anyway, Universal uh, puts on the biggest, biggest. Halloween, scary, spooky, you know, haunted houses at Universal. It's a spectacle. We didn't go. We literally lived, oh my God, like, and that's my, I love scary movies. I love, like. I do, I, I like Halloween how, movies. Okay, this is a, actually, this episode might be turned on me because I just realized I've given up a lot. I've given up my favorite thing ever. Halloween Town on Disney? No, scary movies. I love, like, my favorite, like, I love, um, like, Hills Have Eyes, or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or House like of Wax. House I watched of Wax. that. <laughs> I did that love okay. House of Wax. That was my favorite movie. But that it's one not was scary. like okay, a little borderline scary. Love scary movies. You ever see The Descent? Yeah, that's when they. That's get down probably the, cave, the scariest right? movie I've ever seen. Yeah, the cave one. Yeah, that's a good I've watched one. that. I yeah, but like I scream. Like obviously those aren't that scary, but like Saw, like all those movies, I, I would watch like for fun, and I have not watched one because of because of you. So sorry, we're getting off topic, but yeah, Josh is a a fear of a lot of things and um when when did you realize or when did this fear happen for you or phobias like when did you realize like oh i might be different than the normal person that can just jump on a plane well from as long as i can remember (laughs) (laughs) i've always felt i was different um I would have, uh, yes, from as early as I remember, I knew I was different. Um, 
I remember the earliest signs because I've I've tried to just follow this back and back lineages, past lives even to just figure out what happened. Um, but the earliest memories of this sort of anxiety feeling was preschool and being <laughs> dropped off. And I remember having this extreme fear of mommy, don't go. Okay, okay, I feel like mommy no and I know a lot of children have it it's a normal thing but I think mine was like I didn't think she was ever coming back I'm dead serious I can't tell okay okay sorry I'm gonna get in my brain I I'm trying to like wire what happened and I think my brain thought like oh she's leaving here she's never coming back like that's how my brain took it getting dropped off for preschool yeah I think yeah I there's there has to be no explanation why I felt so extreme so then it, it transpired into kindergarten and my mom would have to drop me off and I would freak out. And some days she would just keep me home because like I couldn't be dropped off yeah. to preschool or to kindergarten. Um, so then it kind of, you know, I was getting by and kind of developed. And then as I got older in elementary school, we'd have like school trips like to these camps and stuff. I couldn't go. I couldn't sleep over friends' houses. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had this fear of being away from home. So you never slept over at a friend's house? Never when I was little, no. And if I did, it was like on the rare occasion. And usually that friend was in my neighborhood. So like if some, I could just come home. Yeah. Um, but I, I would do sleepovers, but I had a very tough time at first, especially if it was like a new friend. I didn't really know. So yeah, anyway, uh, struggled with that. Um, I just had this attachment. Like I felt... I didn't have anxiety like when my parents were there. Like I felt like they were my safety. Yeah, but I was the same similar because I, I mean, I would stay at people's houses, but I definitely did not like being away from my mom. My mom always said I would never leave her. So I, you know, I. I, But yours wasn't like severe. Like mine was like, I would like panic. I would start to get these panic attacks being away from home. And the only place that felt safe was home. So then. Through my life, we travel. We went on so many. I know you laugh at this, but like no, hundreds of flights. Not hundreds. In the 50s. We went every year. Oh, I thought you a, meant 1950s. I was like, you were alive in, in the 1950s. <laughs> no, we would go on these Herbert vacations yeah. since I was like two. Yeah. My whole life. Uh, every year, we'd fly all over, you know, different yeah, destinations. Yeah, there's a the photo of you on the flight like this. Yep. When you're like three and we were so, like, what happened? What? I remember too. And now we're getting to the how the plane thing started. I remember like, I don't remember the really young flights, but the earliest I can remember, I used to get these really bad earaches because of the pressure, Mm -hmm. like severe. And Mm -hmm. so like, I think my mom would always give me like Benadryl or some sort of, I don't know, something before the flight to help. And it was more of like a placebo. And then it was, I forget where we were on vacation somewhere and we were on our way back. And I remember I was drawing pictures of sharks in my little notebook and all of a sudden out of nowhere, left my body, cold sweats, Heart, I felt like I was having a heart attack and I'm trying to like I'm looking around all you hear is like the noise of the plane engine we're over the ocean yeah how just, old do you think you were uh probably 10 11 years now, old now when did you stop flying like did you fly throughout high school no so then the, after that I really struggled and like my parents would go on trips uh family vacations and stuff and like I avoided going for a long time like I just I what, like go. what age like this was in high school. High school, okay. Yeah. Um, I had really struggled. And that's, you know, you're growing and you're doing different things in high school. And none of my friends really knew I had, like, panic disorder. But I had trouble, like, sitting in a classroom because uh, I'd get, like, panicky. So and I'd always you, have to, like, go to the bathroom. when you played hockey, did you have to fly for hockey or was it all bus? No, it was all bus. But I struggled with that. And my dad came to, like, almost every trip. I was just going to say your dad was pretty he came much. came to, like, every single trip. And that made trip. it easier. Easier. Yeah, I still had panic, like... We'd go on all these trips in high school and 
the crazy thing with somebody who has this, I didn't think about the game. I didn't think about my teammates. I didn't think about like, wow, this is such a sacrifice. My dad's like coming all these trips with me. Didn't think about any of that. All I thought about was like, when we get to the hotel, I have to try to find the stairs without anyone noticing. So I don't have to take the elevator. And mm -hmm. that's what was on my mind. Mm -hmm. The whole trip going to these trips. Cause I didn't want anyone, I didn't want to be embarrassed that I couldn't take the elevator. And it's weird. Cause I mean, we've been together eight years. How long till you like told me these things? I don't really remember. Um, I, I, I don't remember the like, well, I think I just like slid them subtly. Like, well, <laughs> I don't I like elevators. I know we've talked but, about it. Like you would always say I have a doctor's appointment. Yeah. Every week. And that was, that's when I was going to therapy. therapy. Um, and then you were like, so weird. And I was like, Oh no, that's fine. Like whatever. Like what? I think that's great, but I don't remember like the, the elevator thing or, or, well, I, I do remember the flying. I remember our very first like big, big fight. We were together, we were living together and I had the opportunity. This was after Josh went on tour. I, which I didn't fly on tour. We, we took did not fly. RV. We drove. So, um, which my dad drove it. Josh's dad and his mom drove us to uh we drove from pittsburgh to vancouver and then um i drove back with them like we did not fly i flew out one time but that was with your mom um so like i gave up my whole summer to be with you to help you as much as i could and then i had the opportunity to go to miami like a couple months after your tour and obviously to fly to miami and he was like no, I'm not going with you. Go by yourself. And do you remember? I mean, I remember telling you because I didn't under really understand at the time. Yeah. I was just like, no, like you're coming with me. I gave, I did so much for you. Give me a little bit because I felt like I was like, why, like why can't you just get on a plane and come with me? How easy is Which that? Which actually, a lot of people that are like me, as hard as it is to hear, we need somebody like you. We need an Abby who. Doesn't feed in to the anxiety. There is a point where like you have to have sympathy for yeah, it, and stuff, yeah. but you need somebody who pushes back against that or else you're just going to keep falling back. You need, you need people who push you and who make you go beyond your fear. Cause that's honestly, it's the only way to live with it. I'm never going to say overcome because I still have it. Um, it's a part of me and I've accepted that, but it's a open, not as scary part of me anymore if that makes sense yeah like, no and, and no like you've so much better than what because at this you were like no and i i hit him with the well then we'll we're not gonna work like this isn't gonna if i have to like i can't live in pittsburgh and not leave pittsburgh for the rest of my life i said this will not work out and um i i booked you were like fine we'll go and you i mean you panicked i, I it was a big fight and we ended up going and I don't want to say, I, I, I understand now because a couple years ago, I'd be like, and you were fine. You were fine. But you would always be like, I wasn't fine. I'm like, but you, you survived. You made it. You got through it. You weren't physically fine. You weren't mentally yeah. fine. But you got on the plane. It's more of like an internal traumatic experience. But that was our first time ever flying together. And after that flight is when I realized, oh, this is a bigger issue. I've never seen someone like I laugh now because I know the situation and it's not funny. It is not funny. No, why are you laughing? But like I don't know because it's because oh. I'm just thinking back. Oh, I mean, they he, think it's funny. It's not funny because oh. I I feel bad that that's what you're going through. Okay. I've never seen someone's heartbeat like I I saw his heart through his chest. Like literally, it was going like this as we were on the plane, and he wouldn't talk. Like he would not speak. And when and I'd be like, Josh, are you okay? He'd be like. 
I'm like, are you okay? I'm like, you, you, you can speak, you can talk. I can't talk. And like gripping onto the side and like he had to have, how many movies did we have downloaded? So we many. had to have at least 10. And the flight was a two hour flight, which is a mo one movie, like a movie and a half. We had to have like 10 movies downloaded on the, the, the computer. It had to be in his lap. He had to be focused on something the entire time. And I'm like looking out the window and just, it was just, a, I was like, okay, this is serious. And then we were fine the whole trip. And then like the day before we had to fl the fly, your whole mood changed. It was like white, like I've never seen someone so pale, like you just got so white and pale. And finally, when we got home, I was like, okay, like this is a bigger deal than it is. And I told him you need to work on it because once again, I was like, I understand what you're going through, but you need to either go to your therapist again. You need to go talk to someone because we can't live the rest of our lives only in Pittsburgh. And um, I don't know if that really got through to you because you didn't really fly again after that, but my work picked up. So I, to be honest, I was just so used to traveling by myself. I actually genuinely enjoyed traveling by myself. So to me, I didn't really think much of it for like two years because you couldn't go to, I mean, I guess you could have gone to jobs with me, but it didn't make sense. Mm -mm. Um, and you were fine with me going on a plane every other day and being so gone long. and it, and it worked for so long. And then we got married and it's like, well, what do you do on your honeymoon? You don't stay in Pittsburgh for your honeymoon. So, bad. so where did we go? Disney. <laughs> we went to Disney cause that's the furthest place I could get Josh to travel, but it was fun. But that was also a big thing. I still have the photo of you, um, in the airport lounge, like, you barely look, able to eat. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, what do you go through? So that yeah, I, I experienced what I saw. So yeah. what do you go through? So it's a very traumatic. It's that traumatic of an experience internally that you like want to avoid it with everything in your being. So obviously it's it's very scary. But for my experiences, a lot of it's the pre-anticipatory. Uh, oh man, I got to go to the airport. Just even being in in the name airport, thinking about the hub uh, the hubbub of luggage clicking clacking against the tiles, and just all those sounds is tr very triggering. Um, all the people messing around, everyone's in a rush, um, is just very very anxiety prone. And even just thinking of that at the house, like I would oh say, it God. starts with packing. Like it starts with packing. Oh, getting my bag, ugh. packing. You know, trying to do everything. So, okay, you get there. When I feel a little bit of calmness is when we get through security and all that and we're at the gate okay all right kind of made it to point a right and there's a little bit of calmness but now it's another wave of anticipatory because now i got to walk on this metal bird that somehow flies in the air which humans i don't think we were ever made to do that <laughs> but i'm not going to get into that but anyway now i'm like oh my god and this is before i tried any medication or before alcohol this is my experience before any of that just me with anxiety on a plane I would go on the plane, walking in, just hearing the sounds, the the high pitch like of the plane. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just all these people chitter chattering, people trying to find their seats. You get in, okay, boom, you sit in a seat. Then there's people right here just passing you, right? And you're just trying to get set. Okay, now in my head, I'm like, I can't get off. So now this this sense of like being trapped, 
I'm not going to be able to get off. I'm going to be very high in the air and I just can't. What if I need a, a breath of air? Like, like, what if you have that anxiety yeah, attack? Like I'm, what, if I'm on a bus, I can be like, bus driver, stop. I need to get some air. And they can like pull over. And, or you oh, can open a window. On you a can bus. open a window or like something. Just fresh air. Just chill. Here you can't. You're stuck. You're really high in the air. You can't just like come down. And then there's another wave of like anxiety that's like, I don't want to make, I don't want to cause a scene. Like mm-hmm. if I freak out, like I don't want people to like, you know, I don't want to cause a scene like emergency landing, like handcuffed, like because I'm freaking out. So then there's that part of you. So we start taxiing. Heart rate's elevating a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Worst part for me is takeoff. I feel like I'm on a strap to a rocket ship going to the moon. That's just what my brain. <laughs> no, I know. I, I feel I know, like I'm yeah. like going straight up. Like, I look, I look over to the, like to the freaking stars. Like that's what I feel like. Yeah. Just maybe we'll never come back to earth in yeah. my brain. Like I'm just thinking <laughs> gone out into the universe. So boom, there's that. That's when my heart's like accelerating. Everything's going nuts. And then we start to level out and then ding, ding, seatbelt sign goes off. Like I'm like, okay. But then I'm like, okay, now I really can't get off. Like mm. we are, there's no stopping. And see, for me, I I mean, not that I don't have, ex- like I, not that I have anxiety, but you always get a little, little something yeah. feeling. Take, take off for me is like, okay, we're going yeah. up there. But as soon as that, like we're up there and it's like, see about signs off. I'm like, okay, cool. We're yeah. good. And that's funny because for you, it's like, well, now I'm like, you're, you are stuck. Now we're stuck here for how long till we can get off. Like yeah. there's no, you can't get off. That's crazy. Unless I cause a scene. And freak out which you've seen so on twitter like, we've, yeah. it's happened <laughs> because i can see it takes a lot of if you've never if you don't know what a panic attack is and you just have one i can see why someone yeah. would freak out because it feels like you're dying and what happens like the worst times i've had it it's like depersonalization if you will when i'm sitting there it's the most extreme fear you've ever felt you feel like you're dying like you feel like this is it i don't know what's going on in your body fight or flight is telling you to get off but you can't so you're almost like accepting doom and you kind of, I've, in my experience, I've gone out of my body. I've see, like seen myself sitting on the plane and the scariest part is it of it is I felt detached to who I was or who I am as a human being. I felt very scarily like non from any of this planet, not from this universe, don't recognize anyone as, as people. Yeah. Don't even know what a person is. Like I can't even begin to fathom it, but it's very scary. And and for you, it it's not. Is it like, I hate to get morbid here, but it's not like, oh my god, this is gonna go down. It's I just can't get off. Like is what like that's what, in the back of my mind as well. Well, yeah, but sure. like what what is it like? The biggest thing is just being. I think stuck. the biggest. Th- I think where it all stems is the fear of death. Okay. And I have I've I've gone over everything, and I think all the of control, my panic control. The control yeah, I think all of my panic is surrounded by the fear of dying, which everybody, I mean, a lot of people have. It's mm-hmm. obviously we're all, we're all destined to. Mm-hmm. We're born, we're born and we die. But I think I have an extreme fear of dying um, to such an extent that it causes these phobias. So I think that's where it stems from because when I'm having these attacks, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm scared mm-hmm. because I'm thinking I'm going to die. It's not like I, oh my God, I'm going to throw up. Oh yeah. my gosh, I'm going to pass out. It's like, I'm di- I'm going to die. Yeah. Um, and that, that extreme fear of like what's after death is Got what it. all this stems from. So that being said, on top of all that, then on the back burner of anxiety, I'm like, this, what if this crashes? What if we were going into a crash landing? Like, mm-hmm. how is this thing up in the air right now? Like, yeah. 
And I know airplane travel is very safe, much safer. But have you seen that TikTok where they said it's like Jello or something? Yeah. I haven't watched it, but I've seen people talk about it. Which I'm, I'm totally fine. Like I know they're safe. I've talked to so many people. The statistics are there to back it up. I think it's it is part in that you're not in control. Like when you're driving a car, I was just going to say, what about driving a car? You're in control there's... of your car, but obviously you're not in control of everyone else's. You have to be aware of a situational awareness of everything. And I think even being on a plane, you have to have that as well. Just you know, I'm always like looking at the cabin, just <laughs> just yeah. like everyone okay? Like you know, the pilot's good. Um, but See, I hate turbulence. My, See, when turbulence hits, I just look around. If no one else is reacting, then I'm cool. What's crazy is that doesn't really bother, and I'm oh, not even kidding. Right. It doesn't bother me because I'm already like. It doesn't matter. I'm already like, this is like, and so that being said, I get through all that. Um, Landing is such a relief for me. Whenever we're going into a descent for landing, Mm -hmm. it's actually like a lot of people fear landing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, as soon as it gets closer and closer, I I start getting more chill and more chill. And as soon as we go, it goes really fast and then breaks and then I go, (sighs) <laughs> and it is honestly it is like if you've ever had panic disorder or anything when you land on an airplane or your biggest phobia oh uh, yeah it's like the biggest like i get off there and i feel like i could do anything mm-hmm. maybe not skydive or like, yeah something like that, but, <laughs> um you feel just like you could conquer anything it's like such a good feeling even though you just went through all that but you do feel drained yeah. mentally physically like you you feel like your muscles hurt because well, you're so tense now that you're 20 days I don't you know like the use of the word sober or not 20 200 some days not drinking and that was your way I'm of actually how many now 125 days I thought you're 200 uh January 1st I haven't had a sip so it's 125 oh, sorry. days 125 I days well I hope you get to 200 yeah um and no that alcohol. was your your thing of, so then going into can I get yeah. into medicating so I had a big opportunity and uh my cousin was wrestling in the 2012 Olympics and my whole family was going to go see him. And he's, you know, my idol, my hero. I'm like, I can't, I can't not go, but I hadn't flown mm-hmm. in like years prior to that, honestly. Mm-hmm. So we went to my doctor, he prescribed me some sort of tranquilizer. I'm not even kidding. It was a tranquilizer. I know every time you say this story, I just, I got to get the name of it, I'm like, I, but it was a tran- tranquilizer pill. And <laughs> I probably didn't listen to the directions. Um, I was freaking, we had to fly on this little puddle jumper, puddle, puddle jumper to New York. And my sister was sitting next to me and I was just freaking the whole time landing in New York. I was like, I, I can't do this. So I was like, I can't get on this plane to London. Like mm-hmm. I'm freaking. So I pop one of those tranquilizers and I go to the bar with my dad and we have like three shots of Southern comfort. Probably shouldn't be drinking on. Probably not. No. Um, so highly advised, do not drink while you're taking medications. Um, you'll see why. So we're on the plane I'm still freaking bugging out. I take another pill and I hit on the the back screen. Like my sister Kate's next to me, big plane. It's like three rows, four rows, and then three more rows. Yeah, anything that I was, those are the best. It's like an Airbus 360 or whatever. And, um, I remember like looking at the screen, there's a couple movies to pick. I'm like, okay, okay. I felt a little bit of safety. My whole freaking family was on the plane, like 20 some Herberts Mm -hmm. on the plane. So I'm like, okay this thing goes down we're all going down together like that's no, so, no, but you know yeah. there's like a safety thing there like oh we're all going out together you know but um that's so sick to say but uh it was like it felt safe um because my whole family was there so but st- statistically saying we're, we're good we're safe even though we're going over the atlantic okay um anyway <laughs> so i'm on the screen and i'm going through and I, the lucky one, Zach Efron. i hit play okay i'm not even making this up i don't remember takeoff all i remember is the 
uh, uh, Stewart, stewardess, mm-hmm. this is a stewardess, mm-hmm. um, flight attendant. Ooh, same thing. Uh, kept coming with the cart. Yep. Budweiser. Yep. But like, I just remember, yeah. I don't know how many. And all of a sudden my sister taps me on the shoulder. She goes, Joshua, look, it's London or like some, something like that or Ireland. I forget what we passed first. And I look out the window. I'm like, did I fall asleep? She's like, no. I was like, what? what have I been doing? She's like, you were just like staring at, you're watching a movie, like <laughs> drinking some beers. And I was like, how long has it been? She like told me, I literally from the time I picked the movie to when my sister tapped me felt like three minutes. Sounds like a great Percocet. <laughs> but here's where the story goes south. So mind you, I hadn't slept almost two days before this flight because I was so anxious about the whole thing. Sleep deprivation added into all this. We land we get to the hotel. I'm like exhausted. I'm so tired. You can't sleep. Have you ever been there? Like that sleep deprived. My body's just like wired panicky. The next day we're taking the Eurostar underground to see the Eiffel tower. Um, we had like the day. So it wasn't our whole family. It was like half our family and a couple friends who came on the trip. And I then on top of all this anxiety, just flown, landed. I had anxiety about getting on this train <laughs> cause I couldn't get off and then going under the channel yeah. oh my. underground. Yeah. This is like how no, nuts, I know. You know it's, it's, Josh, it's, I've it like been a, with you for eight years. I yeah, know. Yeah, it's like I a know. it's really debilitating like cycle. But yeah. um, then I couldn't sleep because I was so worried about this train going under the channel. Oh, I can't. Oh my god! Like yeah. this, how fast does this train go? You can't get <laughs> off. Lo and behold, we get on the train. That's actually beautiful. Like I'm actually having a great time. Then it gets dark and it goes under. I'm like, it's like 20 minute trip under, and then mm-hmm. you come back out, and it was like beautiful. Like I loved it. Train, I could ride all day. Mm-hmm. We land there, had a fantastic, terrific time sightseeing all over Paris, um, Paris, got to see everything. And then all of a sudden, all those pills, everything, I think just like wore off all the alcohol. I literally like couldn't move. I had my feet up at a bus station. I had to be like carried back to the train. I've never felt that weird in my life. I feel like I was on the cusp of like, I needed like flu. I needed to go to the hospital, like a hundred percent. But then I had I have a fear of hospitals. Yeah. So yeah. I couldn't do that. We were in a foreign nation. I was like freaking out. Um, I just I felt <laughs> even more displaced. I was like I felt like I was gonna get like I don't even know. But we get back to the hotel and like it got so bad. I started then have the effects where you're standing, but you feel like you're on a boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, vertigo. It's very scary. Like just standing on solid ground. You just it's it's terrible. Um, and then that wouldn't end. Finally. I was able to calm myself down back at the hotel in London. I got a full night's sleep. I was able to enjoy my trip until the flight back. Which, I was going to say then. Re- which I didn't take any of those pills on the flight back. I just drank. Yeah. So, um, but now, skip ahead. I used alcohol as my. Well, so you told that story because that you never took a pill again to get on a flight. That was your until, like. Until, well. Yes. That's okay. our, that's, so you told the story. So here's the yeah. thing. You have to trial and error. So I took pills and drank. Mm, not yeah. Didn't work. Then fast forward to our honeymoon, mm-hmm. I got absolutely blitzed on Southern Comfort. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, he literally just smelled like a, all he all he had to do was go like this, and like it would just hit you the alcohol. But he wasn't drunk because it was ju- literally because yeah. his anxiety was so high. It just brought it just him like calm. I wasn't drunk at all. It just like calmed me. But he sh- he should have been passed out from how, how much, much he drank. drank. But that's like how my body was just like funneling it. But it helped me. It, I feel like in a way, yes, it did help me like just chill, relax. I was able to like look out the window, listen to some John Mayer, like hang out. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this isn't bad. And then landed just pulsating headache. That's so right funny here for you that eye. you thought you were hanging out because you were still like this the whole time. Yeah, but for me, it's like <laughs> it's better. 
But then with the alcohol, like yeah. especially the hard liquor, that's why I don't really, I don't drink hard liquor anymore, but right above the eye right here, terrible headache, like upon landing. It ruins the day. Ruins the day. Like just feel like you're hungover by the time you land. Um, <laughs> and then you got to just keep drinking. And then you got to go to Disney. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I would get through it. And like that became my ritual because then it became, well, I can't fly unless I was, I'm drunk. Well, after our honeymoon, 2019, you didn't fly again. We did not go anywhere. He never flew again. Then um, quarantine, COVID hit, world pandemic. In Josh's mind, as much fear you had of the actual like um, illness, it was the best thing in your mind because he never had, like you were like, we're never oh, leaving. Can't go anywhere. <laughs> can't go anywhere. I can't, yeah. like for him, honestly, he, I, I really think you thought like, obviously I'm so glad people aren't sick anymore or to the extent it was. And I don't know what's going on with all this stuff, but like the world's getting back to normal. Um, and in your mind, you, I think you thought it never would. Like I really, you were like, never leave it again, never have to fly. So then, um, fast forward to 2022, we had the opportunity. Well, yeah, we had the opportunity to take, um, a partnership and it, we had to travel for it and go to LA and it was in Joshua tree and you immediately immediately said no and I said Josh like no like we have like if we keep saying no and this was like not the first time we had the opportunity to travel but he kept saying no and I was like sure whatever whatever we I was pregnant then we had a newborn finally I was like there's no excuse like we have to do this because once again, I am not living my life stuck in Pittsburgh. I understand we're not going to be the ones traveling every month or traveling, you know, all over the world, but yet. like yet, but I was like, we have to do this. And, um, I don't know how it worked. Well, I mean, I didn't give you an option. I well, said, we're going. I think as I got older, I've been able to develop tools yeah. to combat it. I know what's going on, breathe through it. It still sucks. Like, I'm not going to lie. We, we're going to be flying in June here to LA. In two months. I, I have a little bit of anxiety right here about it, but it's it's back here. I'm sure it'll grow. Um, but that being said, what I found works for me is now, 33 years old, not afraid to admit it, and if this helps anyone, I don't take any medication. I had a bad experience taking medication daily or as needed. I just, I hate Josh it. Josh doesn't even take Tylenol. He won't take Tylenol. I barely Tylenol. take Tylenol. Yeah. I yeah. just try to do everything naturally. It's just how I how I am. But if medication works for you, that's great. But what I do, I believe it's 1.5 milligram. I'm not sure. Or 0.5 milligram. Point I got to find out on the dosage, but of lorazepam. I take it a half hour before my flight when we're sitting at the terminal. Kind of calms me down. And if, if need be, I take one more during the flight or whatever if that if, if it helps. But what that does for me, I I am so aware still as if I am like sober, nothing's in me. What it does for me is that anxiety, think of it as a gas pedal, it doesn't allow that panic to to come up. It's here. The panic's starting. It's trying to rise. It suppresses it. And just like it, it acts as like almost like a break, uh, a governor on the gas pedal, if you will. Um, and I found that works. It's working for me. That I mean, um, and you only took it when we did our flight. And the, and the thing is we're in a we're in Pittsburgh and we don't have a direct flight to LA. So that also is even harder for someone like Josh with anxiety. Cause you, you get off, like you said, you get off that plane and then he's got to do it all over again. So, um, that's why we really, we were like the alcohol can't be it. So you, you got, um, well you actually were having heart palpitations and yeah. having all this stuff happening. We went to, a, uh, he finally went got to my a heart fa checked. I thought family I doctor who yeah. checked his heart, checked all his levels. And he was like, you're fine. 
but you're experiencing anxiety. Extreme. I had it so bad. I was getting these little like, like very sharp flutter in my heart, like kind of get tingly uh, all over. Just feel like your heart's like, I never had it before, but it's just extreme amounts of stress, extreme and amounts of anxiety on the body. And that was when you were heavy training for the Ironman. You yep. knew this trip was coming up and all this stuff. And, the, and our, I was drinking a lot. You were drinking a lot. And the doctor was like, here's lorazepam because you told him we had the flight coming yep. up. And I didn't want, the reason why I went that route, because I'm like, you know, weigh it, weigh it. What's worse, drinking alcohol or trying to take these little pills mm -hmm. that may help just for the flight. And purpose. it did. It did. We it went did. to LA. You were, he did. Um, we had my mom with us. So that was nice. Cause she helped with Poppy. And I told him, obviously I would focus on Poppy. So Josh sat and played, um, Zelda, Zelda, Breath the whole the flight. But what helps <laughs> me too, if, if people are listening, one, the lorazepam, um, consult your doctor, um, if you're going through something, but for somebody who has extreme fear, like top fear of flying, I was able to get on a plane. Yes, I have tools now to help me deal with it naturally just from my years of having it and, and going on planes, fighting that fear. And I kept going on. It might've been years at a time, but I kept going back, kept going back. Um, so that being said, what helps me as well, download a movie. Sometimes I like to watch new movies, but sometimes it's good to watch movies you're, you're, you like or like you've seen before, you kind of know what's coming. Um, just helps that like shock values. You're not getting your, you know, blood pressure up or anything mm -hmm. like some exciting scene. Um, so finding like a movie that really like calms you or something and just focus on it. Uh, noise canceling, uh, earphones helps. And I just kind of stay, Hey, I just have to watch this movie. All I have to do is sit here and watch this movie. That's all I have to do. And you're in a playlist. You have your your takeoff and landing playlist. You play all the yep. time. <laughs> yeah, but I have a playlist with like the Beach Boys, um, real calming, calming music. music. So until I, then I always have to drink a lot. I always have water. Always bring water with you. I take these huge things I fit in my backpack. So I have like way too much water for a plane, but I just sip on it. And I know fi it. financially it's not like this for everyone, but we actually spent, this was our first time doing it. We spent extra money to be in first class yes. on this flight because we knew it was the longer flight and the more comfort for him, which it helped out with Poppy anyway. So um, that, yeah, that was that's nice another, to have. That's another tip, okay? And a lot of people are like, Oh my gosh, like I, I can't pay that much for flying. But when you have a severe, severe phobia, no price matters. That seat could be 10 grand. For us, it if was it helps, it helped. Yeah. If it helps, and I know it's, you know, financial situations, yes, but flying first class for me helped because I felt like I had a little bit more room mm -hmm. to like breathe, to like look around. Whereas the past couple of flights, I was in the middle seat mm -hmm. with Abby and like oh a stranger. God. Yeah, <laughs> that and probably the stranger's probably like, what is this guy? <laughs> what is this going on? But um, so yeah, find a movie, focus in. And then it's so funny. I always have to go pee so bad on the plane. And like, that's another fear of mine. I'm like, oh my God, I, I gotta gonna get, get in this tiny in the gap. <laughs> gonna get stuck in the lavatory because it's like a little door. Yeah. And so it's so funny. And this is the only way I know how to express this. Imagine this. This is how I feel, okay? Every time I have to pee, I'm in this world of like movie, earphones, can't hear anything. All of a sudden, I'm like, I got to pee, I got to pee. So I'm eyeing the lavatory. Which one's closest behind me or there? Okay, I'm eyeing it up, looking around, I'm eyeing it up. Okay, that person got out. Here I go. I take it off my headphones, putting the movie down, put the thing up, unbuckle. I get up, I'm on a spacewalk. <laughs> I was just on the space shuttle and now I'm out on a spacewalk, okay. out floating in outer space. That's how I feel. I get in the lavatory. Sometimes I don't even lock it. Like if someone sees me, because I, I don't want it to get stuck. And if someone just comes in, like my back's to them anyway. Yeah. Um, 
I, I have a real fear of, that, of locking it. I locked but, it. Last flight we went on, I locked and I, I, I couldn't get it. And I had mm, a little, it was mm. with my mom to New York. That's now, what it was. I, I, I do lock panic. it now because I've realized it's a, a flimsy door. Like if I yeah. really needed to get out, yeah. I could, like, <laughs> you I, could, yeah, I could do something. I'm sure they have some sort of tool, you know, the flight attendant yeah. probably told to get in there. But, um, so I, I do my thing. I rarely flush. I'm sorry. Like it just scares me. Like, <laughs> that you're going to get stuck. <laughs> you know, I just feel like yeah. the plane's going to fall apart. So I don't flush. Um, but it's, it's just a quick pee. Um, sanitize up. Always get back in my seat and then. Yeah. Um, and no, and, and it worked. And to be honest, um, <laughs> I would say this last travel experience to L.A., um, we flew into LAX, flew out of LAX. You were very calm. Our flight, gosh, was at 6 a.m. from Pittsburgh. We got up at 3 a.m. You, like, for my mom to experience it, she was like, wow, like, Josh was, like, not um, present with us. And I said, yes, but that was that's what he needs. You had to just stay focused in, in your mind. I'm fighting and, a fight in there. And I said, it was honestly great. And then, <laughs> and then um, actually, what? Two months later, we flew to Nashville. Which was my decision. Which was his decision. And it was that we bought the tickets the night before, which is like, for him, crazy. And then, it, and it was just us with Poppy. And it, we survived. We well, did it. And you did great. And two people asked me too, with yeah. this anxiety and panic, they're like, oh my gosh, it's got to be worse now that you have kids, right? Yes and no. There, But I would say my anxiety has gotten far less, my panic, far less since having children. Yeah. And for me, this may not be for everyone, this is why. Because I think all this stems obviously from the fear of death and the fear of unknowing. Like, mm -hmm. oh, what's, what's, but when you have children, your self, selfish feelings of, of all this anxiety and, oh, me, 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 oh, I'm going to feel like this, it kind of dissipates because your focus is on these tiny little humans now. Mm -hmm. And there's not a fear of like unknowing, like, wow, I, I made this beautiful daughter, now beautiful son. Wow. Like you kind of feel, ah, this is, you know, you, like you've made it in a way like, mm -hmm. oh, wow. Like I, you just feel so fulfilled where now the fear of unknowing, the fear of anxiety is not there anymore because you're just like, I'm, I'm content. Like this is so wonderful. And it's kind of like an acceptance of that fear of the unknown. Yeah. Um, so that being said, it's actually gotten easier for me to do things it's a lot harder <laughs> preparing for it with yeah, a child, yeah, yeah. like getting on the plane with a child. But in the grand scheme of things, having children has lessened my panic. Well, and we'll find out how it's going to be because, like uh, Josh said, we're traveling in um, two months. In two to, months, and we to... are live streaming the whole. Could <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> you traveling? imagine? On, on no. like that would be a that would be a hit. And that was a thing. And people were like, "Why don't you vlog your trip to LA?" I'm like, "You don't understand. That's a we can't. Like that's the last thing we can focus on." But I, I'm getting better and I want to get better for not only myself, but to be better for Abby and my family. And um, I think it's realizing that and you can either do one of th two things. You can either fight against the fear or you can retreat. And I'm not a retreater. I'm a fighter, baby. And I think that's <laughs> I think that's great for people because like it's it's a common thing to have a fear phobia. Um, you're not the only one in the world. Cause that was the number one thing, too, for you. You're. I kept reminding you, Josh, you're not the only one in the world that's afraid of flying or has this fear. Like there's more people out there than you know. And because I think you thought you were the only one. Well, you feel that way. You feel you like you're the only one. So um, like you said, you either go talk to your, go get a therapist to give you those tools and techniques yep. for the breathing and the, the mind game, the mind 
uh, focus you need to get on the plane. And then you have, you know, if you need that box of tools, if you need that next step of medication or whatever that might be. Um, and then, like you said, just pushing yourself to do it because you got so comfortable saying no, 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 not on a flight that it was probably even harder for you to get on that first flight than it would be for us to fly every couple months just to get that, you know, to get that feeling. Cause we haven't flown in a while. So, um, but you're I doing great. I think it's a testament though to, to a lot of people. Just one more thing I want to touch on. Mm-hmm. A lot of people with anxiety and everyone thinks anxiety is bad. It's not. Anxiety actually can be a positive thing too, because more attention to stuff. Uh, you take more time perfecting things. Like it, it's not all bad. Uh, actually, statistically, people with anxiety live longer uh, because Where, they're more careful. You got careful. a lot of statistics. That was from Doc uh, Amen, I think. Wow. He said something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to misquote him. But um, anyhow, a lot of the things in my life have been my biggest fears, but I've done them. Mm-hmm. Singing in front of people, huge fear. Mm-hmm. Did it on a pretty big stage. Um, swimming in open water, huge fear. Mm-hmm. Did it in a crazy rapid mm-hmm. lake, Erie. Yeah. Um, biking 56 miles, like I did the half iron. That was, I didn't yeah. think like, I was like, can your body do that? Like, yep. oh, my body's going to shut down for sure. Did it. Yeah. So I think there's there's something to say with people with anxiety <laughs> and overcoming things. I just thought of something terrible Uh-oh. I said to you during the time. Um, but uh, just the Iron Man, because I, I could not believe this man would do a half Ironman but not get on a plane because he was kind of fighting the plane anxiety or getting on the plane to our last LA trip last year. And I was like, dude, you're more likely to die doing an Ironman or doing the half Ironman than getting on a plane. Do you remember? You'd be like, oh, well, thanks, Abby. Thanks for telling me that. Well, I think too, it comes down to then the control thing. Like I'm in control. control. Yeah. But no, because, and that's that's what we were talking about with our friends. Like in my mind, doing an Ironman is a million times scarier than getting on a plane. But it's... But for you, it's not. Well, I just had a friend here. He's like, I can get on a plane all day, but yeah. getting in the ice bath. Like who would want to like, do that? He's like, I, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And I tried to like, I tried to think of it, um, in, in context. And I, I just, I don't know. I think it's two different things, but, um, we're going to get him in the ice bath. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for someone, if you have a partner, like if you're like us, yes. where one has severe, uh, anxiety and why not so much like you just compromise talking to each other because if I sat here and just and I hate using the term I, I, there's gonna be a better term like not babying you but belittling like, me not be <laughs> no like giving, if in. I, giving into your anxiety and letting you your anxiety win sympathy it would just yeah it would be not it wouldn't be it good would for grow either in a us. bad uh bad um it just won't be good for either of us. So I think yeah. compromising, talking it out, like he knows my feelings. He knows like I don't want to travel every day, but he knows like, you know, I do want to be able to just go to Florida for a family vacation or, or go to LA for work trips and you're taking those steps to do it. So I think, like I said, just being vocal. And also I think yeah. normalizing. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are afraid of doing things like with panic attacks and panic disorder because they're afraid what people think. It's an embarrassment. Yeah here's the best way to overcome it. Nobody really cares. And if you're in a situation where you're having a panic attack, whether you're in a conversation, you're at a grocery store, you're somewhere, tell so, like, I know it sounds embarrassing, but it will lessen the hold that this anxiety has over people. Hey, I got, I'm having a panic attack real quick. Like, hey, hang on, hang on. No one's going to be like, oh my God, like you're like, people are going to be like, oh, what do you need? Like, do you need what? Like, 
99.9% of people are going to do something to help you and yeah. not judge you. And it's all internal what people are going to think. Oh, this is so embarrassing. You're at a job. You're in an interview. Getting panicky. Hey, excuse me. Sorry. This is a lot of high pressure situation for me. I'm having a panic attack real quick. Take a beat. There's nothing wrong with it. And yeah. I missed out on so many opportunities just because of that. Because I had the fear of embarrassment in front of people because I was going to have a panic attack. Well, so. you were, to, to end this, to, to that, no, you were... um at your at a an office building you were on what the 12th 14th floor or whatever of this office building and having a full-blown panic attack couldn't get in the elevator he kept going in and out he called me panicking and was so worked up and you were so embarrassed to tell someone or talk yeah. so i called the building because you couldn't find stairs and i called the building and was like the where? stairs i tried were locked from the lobby i was like so where I are can... your flight like you have a flight of steps here right like just my husband's there and I told him, I said, my husband's in there. He's having anxiety. He can't get in the elevator, but he needs to get up to the floor. Found you the steps and yeah. you, you got And I walked it and then I had to go to that office there. building all the time and I'd always take the steps. And uh, one more before, because oh. New York. Uh, big Biggest fear for him is New York. Tall buildings, yeah. tight things, whatever. High rise buildings, I hate them. We we compromised. He didn't fly. We drove to New York and we went to this, we went to um, a photo shoot. Abby goes, oh, we're on the third floor. I said, golly that sounds wonderful and it was the 34th floor get in the elevator she hits 34 <laughs> i think we told this story before oh, but brutal we compromised we made it work he was having a panic attack i told him get yourself together we're fine we'll, we'll and we ended up on the ninth floor <laughs> yeah and like that's the thing it's like i gave up the they were like this is the best room in this hotel like you have the best view people ask for this room and pay for this room Not Josh. i said i said you know what it's okay my husband doesn't do heights and we got on and we were fine and same as and you're like, only sleeping in the room anyway yeah but so it's compromising it's talking we deal with this daily we're still dealing with it um and you know i think you're not alone if you're listening to this if you're in my situation in my position or if you're in josh's position um yeah Yep. So uh, I hope that helped at least one person today. Or if you know someone who struggles right now with anxiety or depression or panic, maybe show them this podcast, show them this video. Um, and they're starting to do uh, landscaping right now. Landscape. So they haven't been here all year up. and now they're out there trimming away, but that's great. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's important. I think it's uh, good we're getting behind the veil of this scariness of mental health and um especially in men it's yeah. a lot less spoken and i think it's important we have people come out about it um and be open with it because then it gives the anxiety and panic less power um as i've seen in my 33 years of life so uh, if i can be a beacon of light to somebody out there who's going through something gosh i wish i had somebody who was saying this whenever I was going through it. So I hope I can give it back. And uh, again, I'm always open if you ever want to DM me. Um, again, I can't give medical advice uh, or anything like that, but I can always give you, you know, I'm, I've got your back and uh, anything I can do to help you. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, I would say they're really picking up that lawn hoe <laughs> right now. I'm sorry they to really be want me to cut that was That was great. But yep. um, yeah, let us know if you guys have any questions and we'll see you guys next week. Wow, that episode flew by. We'll see you guys later.